You are listening to Vital Signs, a podcast for Sentara providers. Welcome to Episode 3 of Alcohol Withdrawal. In today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Irma Gandayo, Clinical Pharmacy Specialist in Internal Medicine. Before we turn things over to Dr. Gandayo, let's go over some important CME announcements. This episode has been accredited for AMA PRA Category 1 credits. For detailed accreditation and designation information, along with disclosure information, please visit the show notes. This information can also be found on our website, www.centera.com forward slash physician education, as well as always reaching us by email at physicianeducation at centera.com. Now let's turn things over to Dr. Gundayo. Hello, my name is Irma Gandayo, and I am a clinical pharmacy specialist in internal medicine. For episode three of the Alcohol Withdrawal Podcast, I will be discussing lessons learned. I'll be sharing a couple of real-life cases and their actual outcomes, which will hopefully facilitate you when you come across similar patient cases at your practice setting. For case one, you have a 62-year-old male patient admitted with a blood alcohol content of 0.25 and a pause score of 6. As the ED provider, you initiate the ED inpatient alcohol detoxification order set immediately. However, you decide to only order symptom-triggered Ativan. The patient's withdrawal symptoms continue to worsen despite being continually dosed with PRN Ativan and several calls made to the hospital's team. Eventually, the patient is transferred to IMCU for a short time, and then subsequently to the ICU, rufinobarbital and Presidex are initiated. So what are the missed opportunities with case one? In this patient, a pause score of six identifies him as high risk for alcohol withdrawal syndrome with a need to initiate immediate therapy with the order set, which was done appropriately. The pause or prediction of alcohol withdrawal severity score is a validated early prediction tool. Literature suggests that with a pause score of four or greater, there is high specificity and sensitivity that the patient is at very high risk for moderate to severe alcohol withdrawal. It should be used, as it was in this patient, for early identification of high-risk patients to implement early immediate therapy. However, this patient was only ordered symptom-triggered Ativan when he should have instead been placed on both scheduled and symptom-triggered dosing to have withdrawal control that is proactive and not just reactive with PRN dosing alone. This may have avoided escalation to a higher level of care. Let's also review the neurochemistry of the brain with regards to alcohol withdrawal. With homeostasis, you have a balance between GABA inhibitory neurotransmitters and glutamate NMDA excitatory or stimulatory neurotransmitters in the brain. With chronic alcohol consumption, you have increased GABA activity and suppression of glutamate NMDA. So your body adapts or compensates to the regular alcohol use by downregulating GABA and upregulating glutamate NMDA excitatory neurotransmitters, and a new balance is achieved. However, if you abruptly stop or withdraw alcohol consumption in, in a chronic alcohol consumption person, your body is still in a state of deficient GABA inhibitory activity and excessive glutamate NMDA excitatory activity. This results in aggressive and agitated behavior, hence alcohol withdrawal syndrome. 
So revisiting the patient case, the alcohol detoxification order set provides several medication options to prevent this imbalance of decreased GABA inhibitory activity and increased glutamate and MDA act- excitatory activity that's causing alcohol withdrawal syndrome. An additional missed opportunity was selecting the optimal benzodiazepine for this patient. Benzodiazepines are an available option that augment GABA inhibitory activity, but longer-acting chlorodiazepoxide or Librium and diazepam or Valium may have provided smoother control and better outcomes than Ativan in this patient. Since chlorodiazepoxide and diazepam are more lipophilic and may accumulate, you do want to be mindful of using it in the elderly greater than 65 and those with impaired hepatic function such as cirrhosis. But this patient had no history of cirrhosis and is less than 65 years of age, so Librium and Valium were both viable medication options to avoid escalation of care. Finally, with case number one, another missed opportunity was considering phenobarbital as a medication option. While benzodiazepines augment GABA inhibitory activity, they have no effect on excitatory glutamate and MDA receptor activity. So while benzodiazepines address GABA deficiency, they do not address excess glutamate. Benzodiazepines also require some presence of presynaptic GABA molecules to increase frequency of chloride channel opening. On the other hand, phenobarbital has the advantage of both augmenting GABA activity and also inhibiting glutamate and MDA excitatory activity. It also increases duration of chloride channel opening, but does not require presence of GABA to be effective. So in this patient, phenobarbital would have also been a better option than Ativan to avoid withdrawal, escalation of care, and increased length of stay. For our next case, case number two, you have a 38-year-old patient admitted with a POS score of 10 who is already in active withdrawal. You appropriately order the alcohol detoxification order set with both scheduled and symptom-triggered dosing. However, prior to signing the order, you modify the medications to decrease the dosing. The patient's alcohol withdrawal symptoms get worse due to not receiving the optimal medication dosage and ultimately ends up on an Ativan drip in the ICU. What is the missed opportunity with case number two? While you appropriately ordered both scheduled and symptom-triggered dosing on your patient, you chose to decrease the already set dosages in the order set. Order set dosages within the alcohol detoxification order set are based on best practice recommendations and in general should not be reduced. For case three, you have a 51-year-old male admitted to the ED for alcohol withdrawal seizures. A pause is not completed in the ED. However, you see that a CWAS score of 10 was recorded. As the ED provider, you decide not to use the order set and instead give a one-time stat dose of Ativan. The patient is admitted to IMCU and once there, scores a pause of four. The hospitalist who assumes care of the patient then appropriately initiates the order set to order Librium. However, decreases the dosage and the number of doses given. The patient continues to escalate and eventually transfers to the ICU to be treated with Presidex and phenobarbital. So what are the missed opportunities with case three? The positive should, be, should have been completed in the ED so we could identify early on that this patient was at very high risk for moderate to severe alcohol withdrawal and needed early therapy with both scheduled and symptom triggered agents. 
A system is in place for nursing to perform a pause assessment on all patients, whether they're admitted to the ED or a direct admit. A delay in assessment of patients results in a delay in identification of alcohol withdrawal syndrome, causing a delay in initiating appropriate medication therapy, which can result in the patient escalating. However, in this patient, it is apparent that they're in active withdrawal, and you also have a CWAS score of 10. This prompts you to appropriately order the alcohol detoxification order set, but instead you order a one-time dose of Ativan. Instead of a one-time dose of Ativan, this patient should have probably been started on both scheduled and symptom-triggered dosing via the order set for a more aggressive treatment up front and to avoid the patient escalating and being transferred to the ICU. Finally, with case number three, the admitting provider probably should have avoided modifying the dose in the order set by both decreasing the dose and the number of doses given. As previously mentioned, these dosages are based on best practice in the acute treatment of alcohol withdrawal syndrome and should generally not be changed. For our next case, number four, you have a 44-year-old female who is admitted to the ED with initial pause score of 10. The patient CWA is 4 on admission, but that quickly escalates to a CWA of 13. Despite scoring as a moderate risk for alcohol withdrawal syndrome with both the PAWS and CWA scores, there is a two and a half hour delay between the patient's scoring and receiving her first dose of medication since the order set was not initiated in the ED. As a hospitalist, you initiate the alcohol detoxification order set and order PO chlorodiazepoxide using the appropriate path by selecting both scheduled and symptom-triggered PRN Librium. However, you decide to deselect the protocol recommendation to taper the scheduled Librium. Librium usually starts at 50 milligrams PO every six hours for 24 hours, but you decide to decrease the Librium taper to a reduced dose of 25 milligrams PO every eight hours. So what are the missed opportunities with case four? Based on a PAW score of 10, the patient was at high risk at admission for alcohol withdrawal and should have immediately been initiated on the alcohol detoxification order set for both scheduled and symptom-triggered dosing in the ED. This is so not to delay care and to stay ahead of the potential withdrawal. The patient has no history of cirrhosis as in less than 65 years of age, so it would have been an ideal candidate for a phenobarbital loading dose in the ED. Finally, for case four, order set dosages again are based on best practice recommendations and should generally not be deselected to bypass the protocol to reduce doses because this can result in an escalation of care for the patient. Our next case, case number five, you are the overnight physician taking over the care of our same 44-year-old patient. The RN is paging you for a safety partner order because the patient is now jumping out of bed, becoming verbally and physically aggressive towards staff and trying to leave. The patient scored a 17 on their CWA. You note the patient appears to be delirious and no longer able to take PO medications. You consider your IV options from the alcohol detoxification order set and decide to order IV Ativan from the order set for symptom-triggered doses. So what is the missed opportunity with case 5? When the patient was no longer able to take oral therapy instead of IV Ativan, she would have been a better candidate for IV phenobarbital 
or a longer-acting IV benzodiazepine, such as IV diazepam, since there is no patient history of cirrhosis and the patient is less than 65 years of age. Longer-acting phenobarbital or diazepam would have provided smoother control. Finally, for this patient, for case six, you are now assuming care of the patient as the hospitalist. You note that overnight, despite escalating doses of Ativan after re receiving a total of 70 milligrams of IV Ativan, the regimen has not been effective because the patient is still scoring high with a CWA of 28. The RN asks you to contact the intensivist for possible transfer to the ICU as the patient remains agitated and is yelling at the staff. You finally decide to order the appropriate IV phenobarbital taper from the order set, keeping in mind that the patient received more, greater than 5 milligrams of Ativan within the last 6 hours. However, you do not discontinue the previously ordered IV Ativan symptom-triggered therapy and decide to keep it on as PRN. The patient's hospital course continues on both therapies, and you note that the patient has continued confusion and hallucinations and may be experiencing Ativan-induced psychosis. You then decide to discontinue the Ativan. What are the missed opportunities with case six? As mentioned earlier with CNS physiology, in patients with severe withdrawal who have a deficiency of GABA, phenobarbital would be ideal to use early on in this patient's course of therapy due to its mechanism of inhibiting excitatory NMDA and glutamate neurotransmitters. Phenobarbital would have been beneficial to use in this patient who has GABA depletion and may have been benzodiazepine refractory since they were not responding after a total of 70 milligrams of IV Ativan. Additionally, if you find a previous medication is not treating the patient effectively, such as PRN Ativan in this case, make sure to discontinue that medication once you have transitioned to a different regimen. That concludes our cases. So in summary, you want to remember to improve care in alcohol withdrawal patients, you want to intervene early, anticipate, and stay ahead of the withdrawal because once withdrawal ensues, it is much more difficult to treat. Four is the key number. A pause score of four or greater indicates a patient is at very high risk for moderate severe alcohol withdrawal syndrome, and the alcohol detoxification order set should be initiated immediately so there is no delay in the patient receiving their first dose of medication. Be proactive, not just reactive. Make sure that both scheduled and symptom-triggered medications are ordered for smoother control of moderate to severe alcohol withdrawal patients. Consider all your medication options. While benzodiazepines augment GABA activity, phenobarbital both augments GABA activity and also inhibits glutamate and MDA excitatory activity without requiring the presence of GABA for its action. Finally, alcohol detoxification order set doses are based on best practice recommendations for the acute treatment of alcohol withdrawal syndrome, and in general, dosages in the order set should not be deselected, reduced, nor modified. While there is no single correct way to manage an alcohol withdrawal patient, initiating the evidence-based ED inpatient alcohol detoxification order set as soon as possible, you can anticipate withdrawal symptoms, be proactive to avoid unnecessary escalation of care to the ICU, and to obtain improved outcomes for your patient. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We hope these patient cases will help guide you when managing care for your alcohol withdrawal patients. Thank you for joining us and be on the lookout for episode four of Alcohol Withdrawal.
You've been listening to Sentara Healthcare's Vital Science, a podcast for Sentara providers. As a reminder, read today's show notes for information about claiming your continuing education credits. Well, that's it for now, but we'll be back soon with another episode of Vital Signs, a podcast for Sentara providers, the podcast that provides evidence-based education programs for physicians and healthcare providers on the go.